Now, as for this Sunday, um, we're going to possibly finish our look at the verses out of context. Now, I say possibly finish because originally this was our last week of doing that. But originally, we were going to have a baptism service next Sunday. And then we were going to have Palm Sunday and then Easter Sunday. And while we may not be having them here together, that means that we have to, uh, especially for like next week, I was going to preach on baptism. And maybe we still will. But maybe I'll go with one or two other verses as well that are generally taken out of context. So I don't know what it's going to look like. You'll know when I know. It'll be great. We'll have some fun together. But this week, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. Now, if you remember, we've looked at Luke uh, chapter 11, and we've looked at Jeremiah 29, and now we're in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Now, this is, again, just like last week. Uh, last week, uh, the verse there, Jeremiah 29, uh, uh, 11, is well known. It's a lot of people's favorite verse. It's their life verse, if you want to call it that. And this week, as well, this is a verse that a lot of people really like. They love it, and they use it, and it's a great encouragement, and it is. And we're going to see what it looks like in its context, though, because in its context, it's even more of an encouragement to us. Just as both verses are, it's amazing to me, as we've looked at these verses, how much more these verses mean in their context than out of it. When we take them out of their context, we put God in a box. We put God in this box that he doesn't put himself in. And it kind of maybe makes us feel good a little bit, but not like it could or like it should. But when we put the verse back in its context, how much more it means to us as Christians. So should we read it? Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Um, and uh, I read out of the New American Standard, but uh, whatever you have there, whether you're on the internet, on a BibleGateway.com or something like that, or you have your own Bible in front of you, whatever, it works. But I read out of the New American Standard, um, and we're in Philippians 4, verses 10 through 14. It reads, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Now, of course, it is verse 13 there that generally gets taken out of context. Mine reads, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You probably have it memorized as I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Same thing, just a different translation. And it's great. You know, when I first heard this verse when I was younger, I thought what a lot of people think about this verse. That, yeah, it means that I can do anything. I can pick this up. I can do this. I can do that. But this verse means so much more within its context. So, let's take a look at it, and uh, just so that you're aware, um, on Saturday, we posted on our Facebook page the note sheet for this week. So if you are uh, like, man, I, I missed my notes, take a scroll down on the Facebook page a little bit, you'll find it there, uh, a Word document, and you can uh, fill in the notes there. We're going to be doing that as well. I should have mentioned that at the top, but I forgot about it, as is want to happen with me. So, number one is out of context, out of context. It's kind of sad. This week I really thought I'd have all of you be able to say out and in, and now you're not here, so I can't, but that's all right. Number one is out of context. So this verse is another verse, just like the Luke 11 verse, that can have a kind of name it, claim it 
idea to it. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, remember in verse 11, or in Luke 11, that was the verse that talked about um, praying for something and God gives it to you, right? And that's the name it claim and idea there. This, it's a little bit different. It's not the, well, God's going to give me something, but it's the, if I want to do something, all I have to do is say, God gives me strength and then I can do it. I'm here to tell you, church, I'm a five foot six, 200 some odd pound white man. I will never play in the NBA. Christ isn't going to strengthen me to do that. It doesn't matter how much I claim Christ's name over it. It's just not going to happen. And so, but a lot of people try to use this verse in that name it, claim it type of thing. Oh, you know what? I will get this job because Christ strengthens me. I will do this because strike because Christ strengthens me but here's what I'm going to tell you maybe maybe you will get that job maybe you'll be able to pick that thing up maybe you'll be able to do what you need to do but this verse isn't the reason as well when it's taken out of context it's a kind of I can do whatever I want mentality now not in the idea of I can sin it's not in the idea of, well, I can just do and act however I please. It's a, all things are available to me because I have Christ in me who strengthens me. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Because the Holy Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit does give you the ability to go above and beyond and do things that we never thought possible. Healing the sick. We should be praying for people for that. Doing things like that. We can do this stuff. But it's not, this verse isn't what, this is not what that verse is saying. And it's important to realize that. And it's also kind of a mantra for when I don't like how things are going. Right? Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if you're using it in its context, it's a great mantra. It's a great pick-me-up, a great encouragement to us all. So let's look at what it means in its context, shall we? In its context. This verse gives us the secret to contentment. We live in a world that says, listen, go do this, go do that. I, I know we're all scared about coronavirus. It's the reason we're not here this morning in person because of uh, the government and, and various other things. But you know what? I can be content in that. I can live in this world, but you know, it, it, what I was going with this that, is that more people die from suicide every day than die from the coronavirus because people aren't content, because there's no contentment in our lives, because you try to find contentment in things like alcohol or drugs or maybe good things like music or, or, or you know, acting Movies, TV shows, our work. We try to find contentment. Heck, we try to find contentment in coffee. The amount of people that drink coffee in this world, like it's a life-giving drug. I'm here to tell you it's not. But we act like it is because we're desperately trying to find contentment in this life. We're desperately trying to find meaning for our what we consider pitiful little existences. And here's the problem. We look at ourselves as a pitiful little existence. When Christ says, I love you, you're mine. I created you. You're not this little thing. Yes, in the grand scheme of the universe, we're the size of an ant. Smaller than that. But in God's eyes, we're not. And here's the thing. We're trying to find contentment in everything but him. But what does Paul say? We're going to take it back a verse there in verse 12. 
or in verse 11 and 12, not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Paul says, listen, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I could have as much stuff as I want, or I could be barely getting by, but I know how to be content in it. I know how to be content in this world. Choosing to close this church down, to postpone the, the services for the time being, was one of the hardest decisions that I've made. It, it's the last thing that I wanted to do. But I can find contentment in what I'm supposed to do because I have Christ in me. Doing different things like that, you find that contentment. I'm here to tell you, I grew up in a household that did not have much. Now, we had love and we had Christ, and that was more than enough, but we didn't have a lot of physical means. And there were days where we looked at it and said, we don't know where the next meal is coming from. God always provided. And there were certain things that we did that were, quote, fun for the four kids that now we look back and realize, oh, that was because we were getting fed in a non uh, uh uh, whoa, the word just escaped my mind. Uh, conventional, that's the word I'm looking for. A non-conventional way. And because of that experience, I can look at my life now, and I, and I am, I do have quite a bit. I'm not saying that I'm Joel Osteen over here, but, but you here at First Baptist Church have treated me so incredibly well. But I know what it's like to be content and not have a bunch. Because I've lived that life. But I looked and I was raised, and God said, uh, listen, you find your contentment in me. And there have been times, for instance, when I was in college and working a job and not having to pay really any bills and I was raking in money and I bought whatever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to do it. I did not have to worry a thing about money and I tell you, I wasn't content in anything. It felt like my life could have been a living hell because I just didn't have the contentment. And why? Because I said to myself, look at all that I have. And I tried to find my contentment in that. Instead of going, look at Christ, I'll find my contentment in him. I don't know what circumstances you're facing this morning. Uh, I know you're not here, or, uh, or this morning, whenever you might be watching this. Um, I know you're not here in church. I know that perhaps you are quarantined to your home I know that you're scared possibly to go outside your door for fear of catching this virus. Are you content, though? Are you content in what God has given you? I keep seeing all these things. It's like, oh, uh, 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 and it's in the secular world, of course, but it's like uh, there was a poll put out yesterday on one of the pages I follow on Twitter. Are you already getting mad at your spouse? Or are you already sp over spending this much time with your spouse? And 38% of over 2,000 voters had voted yes. And I'm like, then why did you marry him? Because you shouldn't have done that. Or I see this stuff like, oh, I can't believe my kids are home and they're loud and they're annoying and they're this. Why aren't they in school? Perhaps instead of looking at it that way, we should look at it and go, wow, I get to spend some extra time with people I don't actually get to see that often because we're always at work. We're always at school. Or these are the years in my kid's life where always you look back and go, man, I wish I was able to spend more time with them. Guess what? Now you can. Perhaps you should do it. 
Be content in where you're at. Yes, none of us wanted this to happen in this world. None of us, I don't think that any of us here listening to this, watching this, whatever it be, are like, oh, I really wish that we had had a global pandemic come and force us all into our homes. I don't think anybody really wished for that. But are you content in it? Now here's the thing. Contentment does not mean that you just sit on your laurels and don't do anything. What it means is that you have that joy in those moments. You should still be working to, to do what Christ has asked you to do. I'm not talking about working your job right now. If your job has closed down for the time being, I'm not telling you you need to show up there on Monday morning and be like, well, I'm here to work. No. But I'm telling you, are you working hard in your family to make sure that you are being the husband, the wife, the son, the daughter that you should be? Are you working to share Christ's love with people around you? I know some of you that watch this and listen to this live in apartment buildings. What are you doing to your neighbor right now, for your neighbor right now, who may or may not be able to go out? Are you showing them Christ? Are you showing them who he is? So contentment does not mean you stop and don't do anything, but it means that you are joyful in the moment. It means that God is providing for your needs, and there's a difference between your needs and your wants. I want a pizza. I need sustenance. Maybe it's just some chicken tonight. It's okay. Do you have it? Finding contentment in that. So again, we look at this verse, and, and it's so incredible because out of its context, we try to use it as this name it, claim it thing. Oh, I'll be able to do everything. I can do whatever I want to because Christ is strengthening me. No, but in its context, man, it means that, you know what? It doesn't matter what circumstance in life I'm in. The death of a loved one, your family falling apart, quarantine because of coronavirus. You have a job. You don't have a job. You have everything you want, not just what you need. It's both the good and the bad. And you're content no matter what happens. Because God is with you and you know that for a fact. Because Christ is there. And Christ is your contentment. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning or this afternoon or this evening. Whenever we may be watching or listening. Father, we ask that first off, I ask that first off that this whole coronavirus thing would be done that you would wipe it off of this earth and that we can come back together as a body of Christ in person. But forever, how, for however long it lasts, Father, I ask that we would find our contentment in you. Whether it goes on for two weeks, two months, whatever, that our contentment would be in you. I find it interesting, Father, and not a coincidence that things like our bars are shutting down. That restaurants, while they might still be open to takeout, they're shutting down. Broadway has shut down. Movie theaters have shut down. Everything that distracts us from you is shutting down. I wonder if we'll learn our lesson that our contentment is supposed to be found in you. Father, I ask that we would. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. And amen.